Okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, Gideon, how are you doing this week, man? Doing good, doing good. Um, I don't know, just been watching lots of movies. Saw Godzilla Minus One last night. Um, yeah. Alyssa actually gave it a 10 out of 10. I'd probably say it was like an 8, but after thinking about it more, it's, it may be pushing more towards a 9, because there's not a lot I can really fault on it. Um, but I can talk more about that a bit, but I'm doing good, and yeah, can't complain. Yeah, Excited how, for how's, your, uh, how's, your, how's your purple drink? It's good, yeah. I got uh, drinking some gamer fuel right now. And does uh, it taste like pun. purple, or does it taste like uh, fruit punch? It, it does taste purple. We're good. Okay. We're okay. good. That's, Thank that's God. Good. Um, mm-hmm. Now, did you see uh, the Toho Godzilla that came out a few years ago called Shin Godzilla? No, but I really want to. I've seen yeah. a clip that was really cool, but I need to. Shin Godzilla is like a parody almost. I mean, it, I mean, it is a real Toho Godzilla movie, but mm-hmm. it is almost like a postmodern like joke upon Godzilla movies in a way. It's kind of like self-referential and self-deprecating in some ways. And and it's it's very Japanese in a lot of different ways. It's it's a super funny uh and entertaining movie. I, I really like Shin Godzilla quite okay. a bit. And I saw the same that same year there was a Brian there was a Godzilla with Brian Cranston yeah. that came out. Mm-hmm. That one was also good, but I felt oh. it was a little you know it doesn't. It doesn't feel right to me unless Godzilla is like tearing up Tokyo. You know what I mean? It's just not. I feel it's that not, it's not really the same. Um, well, good. Um, and uh, were you finishing any any games? You're almost close to any games. I know last I had, week you talked about finishing, or you were playing Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I haven't been able to play too much lately, but I'm I'm mainly alternating between Breath of the Wild and like Horizon Forbidden West. I'm mm-hmm. basically doing like the loyalty quests in Horizon yeah, yeah. before I wrap up the finale of the game. Um, and I I have a love hate relationship with that game as we've talked about, but yeah. uh, I think I am loving it more than hating it overall. And okay. but I'm excited to be done with it so I can play like <laughs> Cyberpunk yeah. or. Elden Ring. I've been like yeah. waiting for the right moment to play Elden Ring, and once that's yeah, done, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, yeah. Speaking of one more game thing before I hop on to the next guy, um, yeah. for the first time in my life, I think I hit a game-breaking bug where I had to abandon a save in a video game. I already told oh, Gideon yeah. about this, but I was playing the remake of Dead Space. Was trying to get out, uh, you know, like a door closed. I was trying to get out of the room. I go to touch the thing that's supposed to open the door. I touch the thing that's supposed to open the door. Door doesn't open. Reload the save. Still doesn't open. Restart the PlayStation. Same problem. And I had no previous save to go back to. So I just had to abandon my save. And that was the end of that. Sucks. And so you were on chapter 10 of chapter 16, 10. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah, a little more than halfway through. I'd be pissed. Yeah. Getting or uh, Neil, what were we going to say? Just big oof. Yeah, it was rough. And like I said, I've been very fortunate. I mean, I've seen bugs in games. I've, I don't think I've ever had a game-ending, save-killing bug like that before. I mean, maybe maybe when I was like 10 years old or something like that. But it, it's been a while since I've had a game break that hard. But anyway, um, yeah, good to hear you're doing good. Uh, Neil, you had a hard day at work, it sounds like. But otherwise, how was uh, how you doing? Yeah, I'm just a big uh, pile of goo right now. Okay. Like I, I, I don't have much that's interesting to say. Unfortunately, I'm just burnt the fuck out. You know, when you say big pile of goo, I think of the um, 
and I think of the character from Futurama that's like the big green pile of slime that keeps like ingesting oh, people the into slurm, the slurm queen. No, I'd say this... more uh, hedonism bot. Like, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm not wearing pants, but I'm still wearing socks. I'm just like lounging here. Are you drinking alcohol? Not quite. Uh, okay. Little early in the week for me. Okay. Um, real quick, I get, get, get I got to get your take. Favorite Futurama character that shows up in like only one or two episodes? Uh, Amy's dad. Amy, yeah, Mr. Wong. Yeah, the 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 cattle, the like beetle cow ranchers on Mars. The, the, yeah, both of them together, they're great. Um, uh, I know. Surprise dog. Oh, oh Neil, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good um i know he's in more episodes than just a few but the clamp robot whatever his name is yeah, yeah. Clamp. no that's Over a good here. that's a the right kind of answer he's not in every he's like the villain to the crazy robot right kind of yeah i i can't remember i need to like actively watch it it's like my sleep show i always have it going <laughs> yeah i really like I think the crazy robot you're referencing is Roberto. The like, I'm gonna mess you up so bad, you you're not gonna get. I'm gonna mess you up so bad, you're not gonna get gotta get messed up so bad. Like, I love that guy. Uh, I like not Calculon. Um, the chef that's supposed to be Emerald. It's like Elzar or something like that with the spice weasel. Bam, Bam spice weasel and uh, Slurms McKenzie, the mascot for the yeah, Slurm yeah, yeah. company. We can wear wear muscle. Love that guy. But there's uh the big glob is the slurm queen, right? Like slurm is yeah. just like the the juice that comes out of the whatever appendage of the yeah yeah. yeah, it's pretty uh, messed up. That's my one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, what a great yeah. show. Well, uh Neil, I hope you uh congeal more over the sort over the course of the episode. Um uh, Alex Prince, how are you doing this week, man? Uh pretty good, man. Um kind of we're like grinding at work for the next two weeks. And then I have a week off and I've taken an additional week off of my own PTO. So I'm nice. What are you going to do? It's been a long time since I've had two consecutive weeks off and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Dude, We're just nice. going home. Nothing too crazy. Actually, I should connect to you because maybe we can hang out. Yeah, sure. Dude, hell yeah. Yeah. Meet, up, yeah. meet up in the cities. Let me know. I'll, I'll watch be around. history boys too. Uh, <laughs> Is there a sequel? <laughs> Got it. No. I, oh I was gonna make a joke about like what happens in the sequel, but I don't want to get. I don't. I don't. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> we can watch that, and we can watch Midnight in Paris. Uh, oh, dude, Midnight in Paris. Actually, so Sam, if you wanted to, I would totally like come over and watch Midnight in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Any any time. We can even hold hands while we do it. All right, sounds great. <laughs> okay. Um, or we could do. Uh, What's the other romantic movie that I like that that Neil doesn't like? High Fidelity. This is the other. Uh, you would you would you would love High Fidelity. I feel like God. I will like it. The yeah, High Fidelity is so funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Anyway, but before we get in, before we get into the main event, I do want to talk more about Godzilla minus one. Yeah, yeah, I, won't, yeah, I won't spoil anything. Um, this movie, Alyssa told me, and I totally agree. So she liked this more than Oppenheimer by like a lot better Based. characters, um, way more bomb and explosions, which that's the other thing. Uh, well, 
let, let me not get ahead of myself. So awesome characters, really satisfying backstory that ties in and is woven really nicely into the main plot. And it wraps it up in kind of a nice bow at the end with the main character. Um, there's no human character that talks that I feel like I wasn't rooting for to like stay alive. Mm -hmm. Um, and it really makes me want to watch the other actual Godzilla movies and not the American ones. So I like, uh, like Godzilla versus Kong or whatever that is. And I did like that Brian Cranston one from like 2014 or whatever it was. Um, but but this one definitely made me want to go back and like check out the history and everything and it was a lot of fun i was really happy to support it in theaters um but but yeah if you if you watch oppenheimer and you're like damn i needed more bomb and more about the japanese and stuff watch mm -hmm. godzilla minus one immediately after you will get the bomb you want there's yeah. like multiple nuclear blasts like is it a contemporary setting no, so that's the other thing. It okay. takes place in 1945, like right okay. after World War II. Awesome. So that's awesome. what makes it even better with Oppenheimer. It, they they flow surprisingly well into each right, other. Right, right, right. Funny. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, I'm definitely going to go see it, Grace. Speaking of go nuclear ahead. explosions, little news. Did you guys see the Fallout uh, movie preview? Oh, yeah, the trailer. Mm -hmm. Dude, yeah. I saw that it or, exists. Sorry, I didn't actually watch it. Show. I'm sorry. Is it a TV or, yeah, show? The, it's the Amazon TV show, TV show I think, okay. Amazon. But yeah, it looks sick, dude. It looks really legit. Like, yeah. I was apprehensive, kind of worried as anybody would be with this kind of thing. But I, I do think it looks pretty fun, and it looks pretty good, especially the end of the trailer was really hype. Um, I won't spoil it, because you should definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Okay. I will definitely check that out. Heads, I'll, I'll buy it. Um, and I guess one more thing before we get started. Who saw the GTA 6 trailer and how awesome was it? Mm. It's pretty good. Um, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited. I mean, GTA yeah. is going to be huge, but I don't know. I, didn't, I don't feel like I, I had any real hype. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. But then it's like 2025. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can wait. Yeah. I can, I'm, not, I'm not chomping Let at it bit like all these other people. Yeah. Take all the time you need. I got plenty of other stuff to play. Yeah, I'll I'll be ready. You know, it's Rockstar. You know, like let it cook. Like they they're under zero pressure from literally anybody to get it done. That trailer, the song was awesome. The what they sh what they chose to show was awesome. Like the like the Florida Man energy. This is gonna be like well, Florida Man the game. Have you seen that clip where it compares the real life clips that they're like parodying in the yeah, trailer? Yeah, yeah, that shit is awesome because yeah. like it's like shot for shot, dude. Yeah. Uh, just I thought it was excellent and I'm not the biggest Rockstar Games fan in the world but I will say it is cool to see the one developer in the industry that can literally spend infinite budget and infinite money and that, that they have like 3,000 employees just go totally nuts and push it way farther than anybody else can so it, it's cool to see it on that kind of technical level and it's also cool it, I, I think about it in terms of like there's going to be no other... I mean, it will be the biggest entertainment launch of all time when it comes out, because the previous record holder was GTA V, <laughs> um, and that came out, like, 10 years ago, right? So then nobody else has even come close since then. And GTA V's trailer took 
10 years to reach the number of views that GTA 6's trailer has done in the last 48 hours. Holy shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, like there's 100 million views on that trailer. It's the most viewed YouTube video that isn't a music video or isn't a Mr. Beast video. Right. Dude, (laughs) that's amazing. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's going to be another huge moment no matter how it turns out I, like i can mm-hmm. only see it being positive because yeah they can take all the time they need yeah. and they probably have a billion dollar budget or something yeah smooth launch calling it out smooth launch. well uh, because well, it has know. a single player component yes you know it's like that the single player will be fine who knows if the servers are going to stay mm-hmm. up i mean it'll probably crash one of the platforms i would imagine either xbox live or playstation network is going to crumble or like, even just a game of that magnitude, there's got to be something that could go wrong, you know? Like, right. But they also have to know, right? Like, they have to yeah. know based on pre-order numbers that, like, they have to have every um, every server. What is going on with my little thumbs up thing? Okay, I got to figure that out. These days. Anyway. <laughs> That's all um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess enough on that. We can uh, we can skip into the main event, which is the we movie. Uh... Neil and I did watch one other movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Neil, you should tell us about the guard. It was your pick. Uh, yeah, I mean, so another Martin McDonough movie. Uh, I I shied away from suggesting it because it's definitely a more like Irish centric movie than Seven Psychopaths was. But uh, I don't know. I. I think it's might be my favorite of his work. Um, I oh, go ahead. I was just gonna give like um, Don Cheadle and uh, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, Brendan Gleeson is like one of his go-to actors, and uh, just like a really great cast of like people you've never or I I, I, I let me let me walk that back. It also has like Mark Strong and. Uh, Liam Cunningham in it. But apart from that, it's a lot of actors and actresses that I don't think I've seen in anything else, but they all give in like great performances and like every character is just very unique and everybody gets at least one good line. Nice. Okay. Yeah, the cast looks good from what I can see. I've seen it a bunch of times, but I think this was Alex's first viewing, so I'm interested to hear a little bit more about what he thought now that he's been able to stew with it for a little while. Loved it. Um, I think it is a really funny, like twist or subversion of the buddy cop film. And I think it's really explicit because you start out without spoiling too much. uh, You know, you start out with a, a grizzled cop and then a new kid on the job. And then they kill that kid in like five or 10 minutes. And then you get a whole different buddy cop movie in a way, I swear you weren't expecting. Um, and I don't think that spoils too much. Um, and um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, I don't know. The criminals were some of the most like charming and likable criminals I've ever seen in a film. And I think he's, the thing about Martin McDonough is like, I can always tell he's saying something, I think, but I can never figure out exactly what it is, but it seems smart if that makes sense. Um, and uh, and maybe the genius of that is he isn't really trying to say anything at all. He's just elegant and clever. But um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot, recommended it to my dad, which is a high, high bar. So 
Nice. Sometimes just knowing that there's something deeper going on in a movie is it's like a symptom of quality, like in the rest of the thing. Yeah, it's kind of like um it's it's kind of like when you get a guitar that has like the binding and like the nice inlays on it and everything. It's like those don't make it sound better, but you figure you kind of figure that if it has the binding and the nice inlays, they put like the extra butter on the inside of the guitar too, so everything's gonna like be yeah. good. That's kind of how I feel about that kind of stuff. It's like I don't know what Marty McDonough is trying to tell me here, really, but I can see that he's trying to tell me something. So you know, it, therefore, it must be quality. I'll say I liked it a little better than Seven Psychopaths. Uh, not that that's a bad movie, but I thought this one was <laughs> quite a bit tighter. Um, and I almost think maybe we should watch it as a group sometime, and, and we can all dig in together. Maybe, maybe um. Without getting too far into the weeds, like we could watch one or two like Martin McDonough movies in a row and compare or something. Yeah, I'm. You know, I would be disappointed with Neil being a part of this podcast if we didn't eventually hit every Martin McDonough movie. I mean, again, I'm uh, going to keep pushing for uh, In Bruges for uh, a Christmas movie. So I think it's scheduled. Yeah, yeah, you're on the. It's on the. It's on the schedule, man. I'm excited for that one. I enjoy. I enjoyed that one a lot. All right. Um, well, before so, the roast to the history boys begins, how about I, I tee us up with the facts? Yeah, I, absolutely. That's what I was going to ask. So the the movie of the week is going to be history, the history boys, the history uh, and boys. To, here to tell us um, why he likes this piece of shit is uh, Alex Prison. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Um, I, I will not start with why I like this. Um, I'll say it came to me in high school. This is my first rewatch in a while. Uh, there are things. Um, that I remember differently, maybe, or things that I did not remember as prominently. Uh, but I think there's still quite a bit of value here. Um, before I turn it over to you guys, let me give you the facts and figures. History Boys, 2006. Um, it was written by a playwright named Alan Bennett, and it was initially a play. It won several like very prestigious Tony Awards that year. And what we watched is essentially the original cast performing the play as a film. And I think like if you think about the scene setting and some of the blocking and the way like they put the whole cast on screen at different times, you can see that borne out really clearly. Uh, very briefly, the plot is uh, something like you're at an English prep school and this graduating class has had the best test scores in the history of the school. And so the uh, the headmaster says, you guys are coming back for another couple months and we're going to try to get you into the most prestigious universities in the country, Oxford and Cambridge. And we follow that class of boys through that semester all the way through to taking the exams. Um, and we get to see kind of uh, a lot of it centers around the interplay between these two eccentric teachers. Uh, and with that, I would love to just, yeah, I'd love to hear what everyone else uh, thinks and then maybe I will well, so tell me, tell me about the first time you saw it, and like yeah. why you initially sure. really liked it so much, and, and the things mm -hmm. that you really took away from it. And what year? First or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, yeah, love, yeah. To, I'd love to hear. Mm -hmm. I want to yeah, hear this. Set all that up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured I'd go last, but that's fine. Um, this was recommended to me to by, by my hipster friends in high school. So if you think I'm a hipster, Sam, imagine like wow. the people that I thought were hipsters. Oh, um, and. Um, and I watched it and it really resonated with me um, at the time. 
I think I would like to say that I don't think you're a hipster, and I think that the bar for what constitutes a hipster in the Midwest is shockingly low. Oh yeah, these like, people didn't you, have like tattoos or gauges or anything. No, you you like no, tuck right. in your shirt, and somebody's like, "You fucking hipster!" It's like <laughs> we'll put on a. I don't know. You, you'd be surprised. Uh, I still love these people, but uh, it was a couple who I think recommended it to me initially. I, did, I don't need to do it together, do I? Let me let me just I'll, I'll rattle through this pretty quick. Um, I think some of the performances are actually quite good. Uh, it depends on if you like British acting and the British style, but um, I think some of the boys like characters, especially come across really well. I really like the, the, the uh, Anglican church, the kid, the kid whose whole thing is that he's religious. I think he's kind of interesting. Um, I, I think kind of the lead and then Posner Posner was the one, uh, who is wrestling with? He thinks he's gay. Do you remember Posner? Yeah. I thought he actually had one of the strongest performances in the um, in the cast. And I actually think the two teachers play very well too. I know Hector is a controversial character. We'll probably get into that. I think I really love some of the scenes where they are singing songs or reading poetry, um, uh, and and at least some of those scenes really stand out to me as excellent. Um, there's one in particular where Hector and Posner are reading a poem about an unknown soldier. Uh, we could maybe talk about that. And, and I think what I what really resonated with me about this film is this conversation about <clears throat> the nature of history and the value of like the liberal arts uh, that is essentially happening throughout the film between these different teachers, a couple of the teachers and their styles of teaching. And, and I, I think they have really interesting things to say about like, especially as we come into the 21st century here and no one knows what's true anymore, whether it's important to be right or to be interested. Um, and I can get pretty specific there, but th those are the things that resonated with me. The things on rewatch that I did not remember being so prominent, I, I did remember like there's a, the whole uh, massive subplot around one of these teachers abusing the students sexually. Um, and mm. And if it was just one, that would be one thing, but it actually turns out that I think there's like at least three or four cases. So there's Hector uh -huh. and then uh, Dakin, the, uh -huh. the, the kind of like leading boy, main, mm -hmm. main student also wants to get it on with the, God, what is that other teacher's name? The young the new teacher. Yeah. And then there's the headmaster who is like groping the, uh, the gal fiona yep fiona. and hector also did it with that muslim boy too remember oh, hector the implication is that hector has done it with all of the boys throughout like their entire tenure as soon as they turn 18 basically well real quick time out for context they might actually be 16 uh, i was Alyssa while we were watching it was scrolling through the reviews and someone had highly rated it and was like defending it, but they were saying uh, in the context of like the UK and stuff where it was shot, like they could have been 16, but that is legal age of consent there or whatever. Because it seemed There's like they were. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think they would be 17 or 18 in the end of like in this. I, I don't know though. Yeah, I don't, he I don't know. He does make a comment either. like that one of the boys is too young, which is he has right. some kind of. Even that, I don't know if you want to dive deep into that right away, or if you guys want to give your like general talks. I'll say like two. It's definitely a movie where there's not a lot of bombs, not really a lot of anything at all. It's a lot of people talking to each other. 
So yeah, you go ahead, Sam. Thanks for letting what, me monologue. What, one thing I just want to throw in there is that, like, mm-hmm. um, so I understand that this is like the the original cast from the stage production, at least as far as the boys are concerned. I don't know about supporting cast. I believe Hector but, as well, and the the and um, the other teacher. But um, part of that shows in that I think you. So you were talking that one of your favorites is the uh, Anglican boy, and I was like, that's like a like getting up on thirty year old man. I I I I don't believe that uh, he was like anywhere close to being a teenager. The one who could play the piano. Yeah. Okay. I didn't get that too much. I I always kind of think like English people look a little older across the board, but uh, Hmm. that's interesting. Like like some of the others were more believable, but I was just like that. That's a man, baby. <laughs> I didn't necessarily have that reaction, but yeah, I I could see that now in in kind of retrospect. So you you had mentioned the difference between history being correct and history being interesting, and how you could go deeper into that. I I want to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. Like pretty on the face, but it's it's the first thing. Let me get the it's it's Irwin Irwin. It's like yeah. his very first lesson is like all your essays are correct. But I don't. I don't give a shit. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to be right. You need to be interested. Um, and <clears throat> let's see. I, they come at it a couple of different ways. They get closer when they talk about the Holocaust. Um, mm-hmm. When when like you know Hector is saying like, well, I, I always like get concerned. Like, how can you take a field trip to Auschwitz? You know, like if you take your whole class to a concentration camp. Where do you where do you go and eat lunch? You know, uh, and, and are you taking pictures and are you smiling? Like we can't. Um, I thought that was I thought that was really interesting dialogue. I think Hector's whole thing is that he doesn't teach the boys history or poetry to um, make them better in any practical sense. It's about this older idea that like your life is really more enriched if you know these things, and then. Erwin is a much more like cynical character who says like, if this stuff has any value at all, it's about like getting you ahead in your academic career. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? You and mean they're they're opposed in that way, Hector and Erwin? They they all have different perspectives, but they are not as opposed as the headmaster, who is probably the most extreme and like would basically assume not teach them any. Any mm-hmm. poetry at all, or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it's kind of a has parallels to. I mean, think about the way we talk about um, liberal arts degrees now, you know, in in modern America, and mm-hmm. um, I think we're like way more cynical about those things. And I think this movie is like trying to say something about that shift. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it speaks to the difference between education in a previous generation and education as it is now, which is basically like a commodity that you hope gets you a sweet job somewhere. Like, I don't think yeah, anybody, I, think right. I don't think hardly anybody goes to university to like, really, I don't think they go in with the intention of like, oh, I'm going to do this to better myself, you know, or to become more well-rounded. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're going in because you want to make the big bucks or... That's or at least right. you you want to pretend that you're going to make the big bucks and then you graduate and you, it's not worth anything. But so what I think the movie is at least trying to show you when the boys sing songs or when they 
or or in some of those poetry reading moments is like that the education they learned here really did enrich them in a way that goes beyond maybe it offered some practical value but uh you know i i, I don't know you and you kind of decide how important that is because then there's the one kid rudge who gets into school because he's a like a basically a, a legacy and then just opens a construction business and like bangs all the wives he says at the end yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna interview with you with one more question here before i, I pass it around to the to the to the guys so you watch this in 10th 11th grade something like that probably yeah 11th yeah grade. so so what was it about i watched it maybe once since what was it about you in 10th or 11th grade that connected with this movie that made it stick out for you I think some of those conversations I mentioned actually did resonate with me at that age. I think there's another element of this, which is like truly setting, obviously setting aside the, the sex abuse. There, there's some elements of like what they do here that is almost like an ideal, like a if school was, I don't know if any element of the, if, if this makes any sense, but what if like school was a place where you actually all, everybody worked really hard and everything was really interesting and you had really engaging intellectual conversations with your classmates. And it's sort of right. a little bit what college was at its best moments, but really school has never lived up to that hype for me. And I think like it always, it just seemed like a really cool group of guys who were really smart and having interesting conversations. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, the, the thing that I really took away from this movie that I did like was, first of all, it's like pre-smartphone, right? So it's like a bunch of high school kids that don't have that access yet and they don't have internet. I mean, they don't have, they don't have computers. They don't have anything. It's like, it takes place in the eighties. Yeah. And like the early eighties, I think 1983, it said. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys get this feeling, but I get some feeling like whenever I watch a movie or a show about like young teen boys in um, Britain or England or anywhere there, there's this sense of, camaraderie that i don't get from watching american students of the same age where they kind of all have a similar background and a similar well i mean there's one black kid one indian kid in this this class but i mean most of them are like the white english kids um i just guess there's one jewish kid too but they all have this like they're i mean it's all boys at the school so they're not like really fighting about girls except for fiona or whatever and there's this camaraderie and this brotherhood between all of them that I really like. And I, and I, I kind of feel like you where I watch the movie and I'm like, wow, this would have been a really cool high school experience as opposed to MHS where like there's a nursery and there's like pregnant girls walking around in the classroom. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of unsavory business. Used condom in the hallway. Uh, yeah. And they, they, I like flat the homeroom teacher steps out for two seconds and I see like a drug deal go down in homeroom. Like this is like. Another thing idealistic about that time is like I spent most of my high school like I played way too many video games and sat alone on my computer like way too much and these kids like hung out with each other in ways I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I certainly relate to it in fun. terms of like, wow, I wish my high school experience could have been like this as opposed to what except it actually for a was. Few details, right? <laughs> yeah, except yeah, like well, <laughs> um. You know, you take the good with the bad. Um, it's kind of similar to how, like, I know I joke around about it a lot. Uh, I joke about um, thinking Ramona Flowers is hot, and I do. 
But when I watch Scott Pilgrim, the thing I come away from it most is like, I really want to live in that universe. And I want to live in Toronto and be 25 and playing in this indie rock band with like all these cool fucking people. Um, just the vibe of that movie is really strong. And I think that's an underrated yeah. aspect of some movies that people don't talk about as much as like the I want to live in that etude factor. Is this, is this part of it? Like, what about the idea of being in an environment where everyone wasn't half-assing it, which is like what yeah, yeah, high yeah. school 100% was, me too, me included. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. No, I understand that. I remember being in high school and just like, you know, I wasn't like a straight A student by any means or anything like that, but just there, there was such a, I remember like seeing in the newspaper, like the honor roll came out and it was like basically anybody who could hold a pencil and had a body temperature somewhere in the nineties was on the honor roll. And I was like, what's the point of like even trying you know, everybody's going to. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was something that was like in, strange to me in the very beginning where the headmaster is like, so dismissive of Rudge right away, and like r when they get their reports back, Rudge had I think he's like an A and two Bs, and, <laughs> yeah, and like yeah. that—that's the kid that you're like shitting on. Like, like I, I understand that we're looking at a very s small subset of the school, but like seriously, like if if that if that kid's like your biggest problem, you are so blessed. And I'm saying that as a teacher. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. Totally. Oh yeah. Well, oh, yeah. And he wanted to work hard and succeed, which is like half the battle too, as you know, Neil. Yeah. Like. Oh. Yeah. So he's not the he's not naturally the sharpest, but he is putting in the effort to keep up with his friends. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, Neil, you would kill to have twenty kids like like Raj. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, let's hear it, guys. Come on. All right, so uh, so uh, it's not that I don't want to go last. I don't want to go last because I'm gonna like shit on it the hardest or anything like that. There are things I like about this movie, but uh, I I want to go last just so I can hear what everybody else thought first. So Neil, we haven't heard from you in a while. Let's let's hear what's up, man. So, um, in a similar vein to, uh, leaving Las Vegas, like I don't know that I like or dislike this movie not now for very different reasons um you know we, we we talked about like the ideas of like oh there's brotherhood and there's i i agree with all that stuff but there are other aspects of this movie that are just so bizarre both within like the universe of the movie and also the like production of it um like so you know, I, I'm I'm just going to address the uh, literal elephant in the room. Um, the way that it treats Hector, who, spoiler alert for every, anybody who wants to watch this, Hector uh, sexually molests his students. Um, now, it seems to be that there's like some level of uh, consensual... Uh, feeling from the students regarding this like they all seem to know that this is going to happen and they still get on his motorbike with him to let him do his weird little sex fantasy but like even if it's even if like they are at the age of consent and they are consenting uh 
like he's still been that still means he's been grooming them for however many years they've been at the school like and on the one hand i understand that the that like there's an idea of like nuance to a character like uh yeah the, yeah this guy was a creep and he grabbed my dick but uh he also taught me things that were of value but i i guess just like typically when you run into that sort of character usually it's like the bad part is the focus, and then, like, you grudgingly admit that they taught you something of value. Here, it's, like, a reversal of that. Like, he's portrayed as, like, this uh, beloved person. Like, you know, there's a huge, like, memorial service for him. All the kids sing, and they look upon him. Uh, like, th- there's, like, no sense of, like, oh, Hector was a creep. In fact, he's, like, portray- he's portrayed as, like, being... Uh, like persecuted by the uh by the headmaster of the school and it's not fair that he's going to that he's being quietly fired for molesting his they, students. They give him a lot of leeway to defend himself too that I didn't remember like he gets his own to make his own defense a lot and and they try to make it like more ambiguous and other people also stick up for him in ways that I think like I, it's pretty weird and I don't Here's yeah. the most egregious thing about it, Neil. What does it have to do with the rest of the movie? Did you figure that out? Because I couldn't figure it out either. That's that's my yeah. problem with it. I don't have a problem with there being a character like this per se when the story warrants it. I just like what is it? It doesn't have anything to do with like the rest of the story, other than that. I guess there's also a kind of gay relationship between not Derek. What's his name? but i think that one is even weirder and i don't understand why that one is yeah i'm like i'm like why is this all in the movie not i'm not opposed to this this sort of thing at all but like i feel like there is no i feel like there's no fucking character development in this movie like that that is like my biggest problem with it is that like supposedly they're preparing these kids for this college exam and I don't feel like at any point, like we see the lessons taking place kind of, but I don't feel like any of them are different at the beginning than they are at the end. This was a bad, I mean, I take issue with that, that, but I don't know if we want to move off the sexual harassment thing. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So I, but I just Sorry, mean, I think the sexual harassment part is, is part of a larger issue. It's like, I don't get what, there's too many times in this movie where I'm watching a scene and I'm like, I don't have any idea how this is supposed to be moving things forward at all. You know, that was just kind of my sense. I'm like sitting there and I'm like, it was kind of like leaving Las Vegas, but in a much more negative way. We're like leaving Las Vegas. It was like setting a tone and it was like, this is intentionally depressing because the characters aren't developing. And in this, I was just like, I don't understand why I'm supposed to care about anything that's happening here. But sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Neil. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, so to, to move on to like, like I said, like there's like the structural things in this movie and to speak to what you said i feel like the cast was too big maybe it works better on the stage but like you know there's like eight or nine boys and i know rudge i know posner the gay jewish boy and i know deacon and after that i could not tell you the names of anybody else like like in in a totally like non-joking way it's like the rest of the cast is James Fatass Corden, and then Muslim Boy, Black Boy, Piano Boy, and then 
another guy who and, and girl who gets groped like northern northern england boy uh they might be playing types that are less recognizable to us but i yeah i hear that yeah but but like, like it's like literally like outside of like that very core cast and then james corden is just loud because that's james corden like and, and like like even with it even among those three like you said sam like i don't know that like i, I feel like rudge is actually like at least the character that I would have identified the most with, but they, but yeah, they, they, there's like no real change. There's not there's not enough time spent with any particular character. I feel, and I, th- I think it suffers for that. Like he, I think there, I think there's interesting templates there, and they just aren't developed properly. And the ones that are developed are not developed in interesting ways. Like, uh. Derek or Decker? Sorry, what is it? Deccan? Dakin, I think. Yeah, Dakin and Irwin, like having a pseudo gay relationship is not, like, it's not interesting to have gay characters in your thing. It's not not interesting, but that in and of itself does not make a character interesting. And I think, I think it's just like super weak writing and super uninteresting shit. Like maybe it hit different in 2006, you know? And like maybe, maybe this is a crouching tiger, hidden dragon situation where we go like, we're all watching it in 2023 and like, what's the big deal about there being strong female characters? You know, but it, it might've been like a bigger deal uh, 15 years ago, but you know, certainly I'm watching it. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, so, so like th- th- that was another thing that was bizarre to me is like, not that it, so it's again, it's originally a play like, uh, so, Oh, you know, you're, you're making a projection for the stage and you have gay characters. Uh, oh, I, I wonder why, like, you know, I was I was a theater kid in high school. I get it, um, but like again, it's like it's a bizarre presentation where so, so like first I felt like Dakin and Irwin's relationship, like again, like I feel like the gay aspect sort of came out of nowhere. It's like like I, it could I, be way I, more I was, interesting if he was just really looking up to and trying to please yeah. this teacher and earn his yeah. respect or something. Yeah, like th- th- that's what I thought was going. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, last time is like, hey, do you want to meet up on Sunday oh, for a drink and you can suck my dick? And like <laughs> and it's and and not in like an aggressive like fuck hey, fuck you, Mr. Goltz. It's like no, it's like no. I want you to I want it was you it was very English. It was like we'll go out for a nice tea and we can you guys fuck it. Even up to like the scene where they they like have to hide from the principal to smoke together, I thought that was kind of cute and funny. And then he's like, "Hey, by the way, do you want to blow me?" It's like, what the, f- what the fuck? But 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 so, so so again, like, okay, so you're you're getting like the gay representation, which you know if, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Like your call. But but then it's all but it, kind of like how I said with Hector, where he's like, despite like what I would call like horrific abuse of power. Um, but he's presented sympathetically, and then they, and then like you can see, that might be starting with Irwin, but he goes off and makes BBC documentaries or whatever. But then they get to uh, like the ending, and Posner has become a student, and in like so he or a he, teacher, he, right? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Sorry, he's become a, a teacher, and. uh like he he has to make it very clear, like yes, I'm gay, but as much as I struggle, I I don't touch the students like Hector did. Although it's like a constant uh, struggle in my like the cycle so, of abuse. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, but like I mean, so a like you're not addressing it if it is 
I don't know that they're setting it up to be a struggle as far as like, oh, this is part of, part of the cycle of abuse. It's more just like, oh, you're gay and you're a teacher. You must be lusting after the boys in your class. Like, like, yeah. Where is this assumption coming from? Because again, like you're presenting certain aspects of it in a very like sympathetic, like, oh, you know, like you had to, you're not allowed to be out of the closet. And I, side note, I feel like they were actually like very, like the rest of the boys were very open-minded for eighties, like Londoners about all the gay people in their midst. But, mm -hmm. but then, so like, again, you've got this like weird sympathy for like the straight up abusers. And then it's like, and but then you've also got like, an almost like conservative, like or ultra conservative, like oh he's gay and he's, and he's a teacher, so he's got to be going after yeah. them. Like it's it, it's bizarre. I I don't understand. Like I I could I could get one or the other, but instead you get this really odd mixture, and I don't fully get it. I thought it was very weird that they were trying to vilify the headmaster for uh, firing yeah. or Hector. I was like. I don't know, guys. I think Hector's probably the bad guy in this situation. Like, yeah. he he comes to Hector and he's like, "You touch the students, and you don't get tangible results that we can measure. Why should we keep you?" And Hector's like, "Full score and seven years ago," and then expects that that's like gonna get him out of it or whatever. And the headmaster's just like, "Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> I, I was like, all right. like the moment uh, this where guy. the headmaster is a bad guy and he says like the worst thing ever that makes us hate him. It's like, it's not normal. It's not normal. <laughs> yeah. It's not normal. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. yeah I, I was like, I don't know. Headmaster seems kind of base to me, but getting good. Yeah. Like, like, like they, they had to tack on that he's also like feeling up his secretary. Yeah. Which again is bad, but like, like that, that doesn't excuse Hector. Yeah. They can both be bad. Yeah. yeah. So, I do have a response to the character development stuff, but I really want to hear from Gideon, and maybe we can circle back. Um, what, what do you think, Gideon? Um, so I am going to rip into this. Uh, I don't want <laughs> you, to, you to take it personal, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try and not hold back <laughs> just for sake of comedy. <laughs> um, but real quick, before we get into anything, while we're talking about that confrontation scene, I was like, this is the most milk toast slap with a wet noodle stop diddling the boys conversation i feel like i've ever seen and then he yeah tries to defend himself with like he's like a man's root grows like with confidence i'm like are you talking about your dick right now are you talking about your dick to the guy who's telling you to stop molesting children because that's what i'm getting so okay like a few things first like i watched this i rented it through xbox or whatever the subtitles were only working i feel like every third word or something at times and anytime they spoke in any language that wasn't english there was no subtitles so i also every, had the same problem every time they spoke french like in the beginning when they have their pants off and i think they're like doing a brothel scene and in, in french i was like what in the holy motherfuck is happening right now Sorry, I, I just forgot you guys don't have a major in French. <laughs> I, I, minor. I was I was wondering if there was something weird going on because I pirated it off the internet and then just like 
paired it over to my TV to watch it, and then there were no subtitles during the French. That that scene in the like the first fifteen minutes of the movie that goes on for five minutes where they speak nothing but French, and I was just sitting there like, it's gonna be one of those fucking movies. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Seems really interesting if you do speak fluent French, uh, but. <laughs> I uh do, do you speak fluent French or do you speak French? Yeah, I have a I have a I have a major in French. Oh, shit. I, okay, I, I had no idea. That's awesome. But <laughs> I don't know, Neil, if you felt it was aided or or hurt by me helping with the translation. Uh would have had I, I, I was able to pick I think I would have been able to piece out the brothels part uh more or less. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. uh when it transitions into being a field hospital. I would not have understood what was happening. So the whole conceit of that scene is like they're acting out a brothel, then the principal walks in and they quickly on the fly switch to a field hospital scene to trick him. Okay. Um, not okay. what was happening. Okay. I understood the brothel part, but not. And then they make it about, they talk about like, yes, this is a historic wheel, a world war two hospital at this battlefield oh, in this God. battle. And, uh, and like, these are some facts and, by the way, please speak. Make sure you're using these grammar things that we're learning when you speak in this room. Did this movie make you want to major in French? No, uh, no. I was uh, really good at it, and I competed in high school at oh, like, cool. state and national competitions. Nice, nice. And dude. I had a really good. I had I had a it was the best teacher I ever had. That's that's why and how. So nice, cool. Is anybody uh, once a year when my dad asked me for a crossword clue where I watched the history boys? So. <laughs> so let's let's get through getting Tian off on this shit, and then I wanna I wanna Please. ask a general question to everybody. All right, uh, man. So a couple things. Um, I I don't mind like you know foreign films or British or whatever. You know, I'm not opposed to watching stuff that's not you know, let's say what I would usually watch. Um, but a lot of this shit was going over my head. Like a lot of the British slang, a lot of the just them talking and shit. So I was I was paying attention, but I was getting a little lost with some of the nuances of just how they were talking. And as soon as I started to realize that it like him molesting these boys is kind of a big thing in the movie, but it's not really they're not treating it like it's a big deal. I was like, okay, you're really losing me and i it's giving me huge ick even like doubly more ick than um your movie sam uh midnight Midnight paris because i was like this is happening and yeah the the light slap on the wrist and then even he's talking to the new guy later and he's like just don't touch the boys i'm like are these two you know i don't i don't care if in uk you know it's 16th age of consent that's fine and dandy over there but i'm an american okay watching this you're a goddamn <laughs> diddler to me okay you just are okay i'm sorry like it's and it's still weird i don't give a shit like if you're however old he is like 65 plus whatever and you're like these boys i just love them so so much it it's like dude and then and even when he's like Given this pity party, like, oh, I never know what women think. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're married. You are still married, dude. There's people that aren't married, and they don't know what the hell they're doing with women. So don't act like you don't know what you're doing. So, sorry. He was just really making me mad. I was just like, this guy is something else. That that guy's the fucking worst. And then... um, Hector. 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 Yeah. Hector. And then, yeah, it was just... it, It was... uh 
in, in one of the reviews, like the title that Alyssa mentioned, she read off, they were like, it's the Dead Pedophile Society. You know, and not the Dead Poet Society. It's just like, oh, we got Hector and then the new guy. And he's also apparently maybe had experience with Deadling Boys. Because he, like, maybe has a crush on this other guy who's, like, crushing on him. And it, it was, like, at times it was just so aggressive with how sexual it was. He's just like, yeah, I want you to suck me off. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then, yeah, at the end, they're like, I'm going to miss that pedophile teacher. But, man, I'm fucking slamming ass all <laughs> up and down these houses that are affordable. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like, please yeah. stop telling yeah. me this. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, this might be a hot take. There could be... Uh, it, it's not the subject matter necessarily that mm. puts me off. It's There could be out there a really great movie about pedophile teachers and their relationship oh. with young boys. I'm sure it, it, somebody could do it, right? Like, there are weirder movies out there. But this wasn't that movie. Like, it just didn't have anything to do with the actual no. plot. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. And go out on a limb and say, like, I think pedophilia generally is bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ex- I, would, I would hope yes. we all agree. Yes, of I course. But I, would, I, um, I don't like But it. I'm saying there could be a good movie about that subject that's yeah. like a really interesting and dramatic thing. And it isn't, it just isn't a part of the actual plot of this movie in a way that drives things forward. So the whole time I'm like, why is this even in here? Well, it just seems I... very like, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. No, it's a good question. Uh, and it's hard to reconcile. Um, you wonder if you read a little bit about the playwright's background, if it has more to do with him than anything else. Yeah. Uh, not sure. Yeah, I was thinking like maybe this guy got diddled or Alan Bennett, or, the, the writer. Or maybe more likely diddled. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think I think like it's I, 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 I didn't look too deeply into the backstory, but I, I kind of assume that most of the characters in this play and then movie are like semi historical to the writer. Mm, I could believe it. Yeah, the timeline would line up, right? I mean the writer would be about the right age in the early eighties mm-hmm. to have been about that age, so yeah. Yeah, I think that I think that makes sense. I mean, I don't want to like read too much into it, but um, I take all these points, and I will probably they will be reflected in my final four or rating out of four stars. But I do want to respond a little bit about character development because I think um, there are the movie is pretty straightforward about the development of the characters. Uh, maybe. Um, it, it, it's just so like basic it's subject matter is so basically unexciting that it's hard to or easy to miss but mm-hmm. it, it's born out in the essays that they write and how how like over time they start coming over more to Irwin's way they stop worrying about what is like correct and true and and, and like if you he goes around and he grades their papers and he starts to find some of them interesting compliments them on things and then as that happens simultaneously um, they relate less and less to Hector's lessons about like the beauty and importance. He says like, they're like, they start saying things like, oh, that's a good one, Matt, or Hector, that'll go, that'll go really well in my exam or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that is the primary arc where they like stop thinking like Hector and start thinking more like Erwin. Okay. And yeah, I guess I, I didn't I pick up on that as much. That, but it, but it, it is like one way in which the characters change. Okay, I guess I just didn't pick up on that as, as much. Yeah. 
Yeah, just hard hard to say. I don't I don't feel like I ever hit a groove with this movie really where I was like, yeah, like there I... were individual scenes where I was like watching and I was like, okay, this is there's like good performances going on, right? And mm -hmm. it's it's like hard to knock like individual actors and people are doing a fine yeah. job and obviously you know these are tony award-winning actors did it for the stage and everything and um i guess i think for me it's a combination of the subject matter and some other elements but there are other movies that do a somewhat similar setting better how many of you guys have seen dead poet society i haven't yeah. and i'm kind of interested in watching it Gideon and Neil, you guys have seen it. How do you guys think that this movie compares to Dead Poets Society? It, I mean, it seems like it's it's doing maybe not the exact ideas that this movie is doing, but like mm. is that same spirit of like a very I don't know, let's say influential teacher that inspires right. a group of boys to be uh, passionate about literature. Like mm -hmm. Dead Poets Society is that movie, right? You know, yeah. Again, sort of like what we were saying with, uh, like, what does the uh, gay aspect of it really add? Mm -hmm. Like, the, and the answer is okay. So yeah, you just you get Dead Poet Society, yeah. basically. Right. Without you mean without the gay shit, it would be Dead Poet Society. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other movie that I would compare this to, um, it's it's. A lot less similar, but certainly the setting reminds me of it is the Wes Anderson movie Rushmore, mm -hmm. I um, which I, I really, really like that movie a lot more than I like uh, History Boys. Um, but we can we can always do like a Wes Anderson month somewhere mm -hmm. down the line and maybe hit yeah. Rushmore because I think I think Rushmore is really cool in a lot of ways. Um, so what are we thinking in terms of uh, final ratings and stars? And oh, I, I'm sorry, Sam. Can I? Oh, can yeah, I yeah, 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 absolutely. One final thought for me, yeah, is that I felt like so out, outside of like the the actual content, um, I feel like there were some like not great transitions from stage to screen. Um, mm. earlier earlier we were talking about the scene where like they're having a study circle and Hector and Irwin are like giving these competing points, and I thought that. Like content-wise, I thought that was actually probably one of the best scenes in the movie, um, because it, it, it's sort of the sum up of like the differences, the differences in thought between Hector and Irwin. But performance-wise, like I felt like this, like the actors in particular were acting like they were on stage, and it's and like what they were saying felt the most fake mm. and like overdone. Rather than like, like I, I, it's hard for me to describe, but I feel like there, there's there's like performance styles for the screen and performance styles for the stage, and the two do not do not always uh, work with each other. And in this case, like I was actually sort of taken out of what was happening on the screen because of how they were delivering the lines. Mm -hmm. Does anybody have any? No, I I, I understand what you mean. I I actually think. You're right. And I, I think sometimes people confuse mediums and they translate things because they think a story is going to translate from one medium to the other. But like a, a classic example that people bring up sometimes is people think that like Reservoir Dogs would be a really good stage play. And I understand why people say that and it'd be really interesting. But I also think you would lose a lot of why Reservoir Dogs is awesome because it jumps back and forth in time 
non-linearly like all it, it's all over the place and i think that would be like really hard to replicate on the stage so i think there are things and there are techniques that filmmakers use that are particularly suited to the to the art of filmmaking obviously um those are not really employed in this movie like it, i would be really curious to see it as a stage play um and to, to kind of ingest it that way as opposed to like this kind of we've adapted it for the screen i would like to see it in its natural habitat as it were um before we gradients can i just talk about a few scenes i think are really well executed mm -hmm. yeah i think my favorite scene of the film um is the one with hector and posner and i mentioned it before where they're reading that uh unknown um that poem about the unknown soldier. Um, mm. That's like the closest thing I've ever heard to like a reading of a poem out loud that I didn't think was like lame or bullshit. Uh, and, and I just thought it was pretty um, well executed. Um, I also like, I actually think if you, and I, I get it that the missing subtitles suck, but I think the no one else can can come to agree with me on this, but I actually think the the French scene is really well executed. Um, I could tell you. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, as far as I know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll take your word for it. It's a good comedy bit if you know what's going on, but if you're but, left in the dark, then. But why did they choose not to have subtitles on it? Right, just because they. This I is such an aggressively fart sniffy movie in terms of like. Oh, you know, sure we're Eng or, English playwrights. If we, were, if we were British, would we all have taken enough French to like pick up what was going on? That's what I was wondering. I was like, am I not like European enough? Because like you know, like I don't know. But I, but okay, I, like I didn't bring this up earlier because I thought it would be like ridiculed as a point. But I'm not defending Hector or any of the characters in this this movie for their actions. But I do think that the pedophilic stuff would read differently if we were British. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, right. so I mean, yeah. that well, comes up into it. Yeah. It, it, well, not just with the consent law, mm -hmm. not just with the consent laws, but they're they're looser about sexuality over there, just in general. Like, not to the point where that is okay, obviously, but mm -hmm. it it speaks to a larger point that I think would be interesting to talk about sometimes, with some, uh, some other time about how, like, I. It's it's not like they have a disclaimer before the movie that says like, hey, you're really going to like this if you're English and all these things make sense to you. Like, you know, X amount of French and mm -hmm. your headmaster is like groping the, you, you know, like it, songs it, by the Smiths. Right. It, it's yeah. it's not like you get a discounted ticket or the movie costs less to rent in the United States just because you're not going to get half of the jokes. It's like if it's not for me, don't release it here or like give me a warning that it's like not going to make any sense to. The, the uncultured swine living in the U.S. You know, Sam wanted that exact uh, warning or discounted ticket to go see Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> Fuck Dunkirk. Maybe Sam, maybe you shouldn't watch the guard. Um, <laughs> I give Neil. I yeah. just uh, maybe yes, one last thought. The budget on this is so low, two and a half million. I give it a pass for some of the like wow. cinematography. Yeah. I, again, I, I I don't think it was shot badly. I actually think the camera work was fine, yeah. but I think I think I think this was more of like a direction and uh, performance thing. Like what I was talking about with that scene. Like I I actually think that the 
camera work was fine. Like, I, you know, there's nothing to be blown away by, but I think mm-hmm. it worked. Like, that, I agree. That, it, that, that was totally serviceable. I, again, I just feel like there was some. Like, I, I think that, I think there's probably, again, like an interesting thing to be said for like directing a movie like it's a play mm-hmm. if you do it the whole time. But th- that scene stuck out to me, I, I, along with a couple of others, where it's like, yeah, this is a. Th- they're acting like they're on stage and not on set. And I, it, it's a hard thing to fully describe, but I do feel it. For whatever that's worth. Yeah. So if nobody has any um, final thoughts or anything else we want to kind of discuss, I'd like to get everybody's final um, final scores on this one. Can I go? I think I'd probably I think I'd probably go with like a low two, high one and a half. This is a one star for me. I can't. Is do we have a zero? What's the lowest on our scale? If it's one to four, four then it's one. Right. I would think it would be one, yeah. Okay, maybe I'll say two then. I, I feel like I gave uh, Midnight in Paris a half star or something. <laughs> then I'll give this a half. It, it's no nothing personal to Alex. I don't. I don't want to offend anybody for their pick. No, yeah, but um, stuff like this. Um, one one movie I do want to watch. I haven't seen that does talk about pedophilia. I think it's called The Hunt. And it's like somebody's wrongfully accused of being a pedophile, and it's like Mads Mikkelsen. Sounds great. Oh. I'd love to watch it. I, I, I heard I, it's. I'm a, to give that a shot. Yeah, I've heard it's a, an a, exceptional drama. Um, so maybe that could be good for just similar uh, subject matter. But just, I mean, with with that, it just totally like ripped me right out of the movie. And I just, you know, they're playing sad music after he's got told he's going to get let go. I'm like, I can't feel anything but disgust for you. <laughs> you are so annoying to me. Um, but uh, yeah, even, I mean, that's shocking. The budget was so cheap because I thought it looked good. Um, I, I did like some of the cinematography. I'm, I feel like I'm pretty easy to please, but one standout shot, I liked when they were visiting the colleges and it was almost like a shot through that, like, you know, I'm talking about that stone yeah. And it's like looking down on them. That was really cool. I wondered how they got that. Um, and even when they were at, I don't know, where they took that photo all together as a group. Uh, wherever they were. Kind of field trip. Yeah. I was like, I like seeing this stuff. You know, I, it's totally new to me. So um, th- those are definitely positives for me. Uh, and him uh, totally getting obliterated on the bike was awesome. So I was here for that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a shout out to, I'm just going to give a quick shout out to the design of British motorcycles. Um, I think a Harley and like American looking motorcycles are so ugly and they're loud and ostentatious and you have to hang on to them like this. I think British bicycles are, or uh, British motorcycles are so fucking awesome looking. Triumph, Royal Enfield, those guys, like that kind of, that kind of scrambler, that kind of really flat, um, Cafe racer type. Oh yeah, awesome! It's so awesome. Cafe so racers it, are sick. I, I would love to get a Triumph. My my grandpa on my mom's side had a Triumph, um, and uh, it's the only thing he he uh, took away in the divorce with my grandma. So I I would love to get a Triumph like that someday. But it's gotta be worth it, I guess. We'll see. What do you think, Dion? Um, I think I'm sort of with Sam on like the somewhere between one and a half and two. Um, 
I'm gonna hurt Sam's feelings here. I like Midnight in Paris frustrated me. I was like, apart from a couple of like cameos, I was just like, ugh, to it. Mm-hmm. This one, like, it's got problems both as far as like on technical level, and then like content is weird. But I was interested by it the whole time. Like, I don't know if I would ever recommend it, but it was just in like how bizarre it was. Mm -hmm. Like, I I was entertained. I I agree. It was like an oddity movie for me. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. It was almost like like that that situation where like a like a horror show is going on and you can't look away. It wasn't quite like it wasn't quite a horror show, but it was just like, again, just so bizarre to my way of thinking that I was like, yeah, okay. I'm I'm on board to watch this. I'm I'm interested. I don't I don't necessarily like it, but I'm interested. Yeah. Okay. And where where do you end up? I gotta give it. You give it a what? A a two. two. Um, I was really disappointed on rewatch, and and I just if I use a scale of like, would I recommend this? I cannot think of who I would recommend it to. Yeah. If you, if someone had um, come up to me and we just had a conversation and they're like, yeah, I listened to all these interviews with David Foster Wallace and I'm really interested in the way like TV has changed from being really cynical to really sincere again. And uh, boy, I think like news is becoming more like entertainment. I'd say like, you should watch the history boys. It's got problems, but it has something to say about that. But I wouldn't like recommend it to like anybody unprompted. Like, like, cause how do you say like, Hey, here's a movie with some really interesting, like Britishy performances, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so, some interesting things to say about like the value of art. Uh, but just ignore like the 30 minutes of the film devoted to like pedophilia. Uh, <laughs> try, try to watch around that. Skip around. Skip. Skip this 10 minute section. That five minute section. Boy. Yeah. And uh, I, I um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's so interesting, too. I think some element of this is when I was a young man watching this, I didn't pick up on. Oh, RIP. Oh, we oh, lost the him. F- the, C- the FBI just <laughs> shut down. <laughs> we had heard the word pedophilia too many times. It was like, <laughs> wank, 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 wank. <laughs> in the strike drone. <laughs> Oh God! They're in the house. <laughs> Obama just—I I don't know. I said Obama. He's not even president anymore. Just sitting in a no, room. He's missile. pulling the strings. He's pulling the strings. Yeah, he's secret. President. He's being sleepy. Joe is at the wheel. Kamala <laughs> <laughs> is just Barack Obama in a wig. Prove me wrong. Oh, dude. Has anybody yeah. seen them in the same place at the same time? No, I'm. God, you're, you know what? Neil, you're making a lot of sense. Neil, uh, did did this movie uh, reinforce or um, slightly cool your hatred of the English? Uh, I mean, you know, it just confirmed my suspicion that uh, you know every <laughs> goddamn diddlers. Uh, yeah, like there's some goddamn diddlers in England. Um, you know, like I, I, you know, as as a as a country, uh, I still you know would you know destroy it utterly but i I, i've enjoyed like british television and movies in the past and i'll continue Mm. to do so you know Mm -hmm. they they get the pass i i'm i'm more like you know i I won't i won't hold the general populace responsible for the actions of uh oh it's it's the king now the queen's dead that was a great day (laughs) what's the what's 
What's the song that that uh, guy on YouTube sings when he's driving by uh, Parliament? Come out, ye black and tans. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Gideon, you've never met Neil, but Neil is aggressively Irish. Is is that why you're so into the Mr. McDonough stuff? Oh, that that was definitely a start for it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Again, again, I'm American Irish. I guess I don't even really know what that means personally no, uh, just you know like my 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 full name is o'neill uh you know it's just you know part of the family tradition okay i'm excited to learn more yeah man okay well i don't think we're gonna i think alex was destroyed uh, in the he, drone strike so might, i think we're gonna... he might be doa yeah yeah Damn. so do, uh, do you guys want to do um blade runner for next week or do you want to do Eraserhead for next week. I'm good with either. Um, I do want to say before one other thing about this movie before we totally close on it. I do regret paying to watch it. I should have found yeah. it somewhere else. But I also went in completely blind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to note that. Um, I'm good with either. Um, I know mm-hmm. Blade Runner is long as shit. So yeah. if that's going to be a problem for people, I get that. No, yeah. I'm 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 happy to push forward on it because I'm going to make you guys watch Seven Samurai, which is like three hours long at some point. Yeah. Well, Neil, you also have not seen 2049, right? I've not seen 2049. Exactly. So you are in for a fucking treat, my treat, dude. dude. Uh, so that that's a good one. Razorhead's short, but intense. Like, uh, well, I don't want to say like intense. Like that. There's like a lot of action or whatever. It's just a right. bad trip of a. David Lynch. It's it's the most David Lynch of all David Lynch movies. So it's like a cerebral movie, right? Yeah, it, it's I. It's like really surrealist and like mm-hmm. uh, just it's very out there. Like I wouldn't describe it as it's not like you know a bunch of colors and shapes. There is kind of like a storyline that you can follow, but it's it's more about just like like texture, um, right? Yeah, it's more of an art piece. That mm-hmm. said, I think it's really cool, and I really he- like heavily relate to this movie. I'm excited. It, it's something I think like everybody should watch. Just, oh, hey! He's back. Oh, nice. What's up, dude? Sorry, uh, we I thought for sure you got taken out in a drone strike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I cleared the rubble and uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got the the Wi-Fi plugged back in. <laughs> the first thing I did. Trying uh, <laughs> to my pots for a second and just check if Jess survived. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, more importantly, we were just discussing whether we want to do Eraserhead or Blade Runner for next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I don't. Probably. Which one's shorter? Whatever. Yeah, Eraserhead is shorter. It'd be easier for me to watch a shorter movie and then a longer one when I'm, you know. Oh, when you're on break. You're yeah, on break. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah I guess we could do that. So, yeah, so let's do Eraserhead for next week and then we'll do Blade Runner then in Bruges to, to, to fill right, out let's... the month. I have the same ambitious idea that I might watch Rushmore and uh, Dead Poets Society and come back next week and we can nice. do yeah, Okay, but at some, time, at some point you got to get to Midnight in Paris because if if Midnight in Paris ends up on the combined list somehow lower than History Boys, I'm going to freak out. <laughs> I mean, I History realize. Boys will not be the lowest movie on that list. No, it'll probably be Scooby-Doo or... Vampire's or, kiss at this, uh, at this rate. Fucking death to Smoochie. Piece of shit. <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing. Death to Smoochie got a couple of laughs out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this movie got a couple of laughs out of me. Yeah. But 
look, like at the end of the day, I might, I might just have to treat uh, Midnight in Paris like I treated the Hillary campaign. It's not about the other guy winning; it's about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, brilliant. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think uh, I think we're all set for Eraserhead next week. Um, maybe is a date movie, maybe not a. Is a, is a what? Tell me now. Is it gonna like ruin my night? Should I plan around that? I I don't really. I can only speak for me. I don't really think so. I think it's fucking cool as shit. Just aesthetically, I think it has like one of the coolest aesthetics, fucking ever. Uh, that said, it's a very particular thing. It's like a very avant-garde, very David Lynchy, David Lynch movie. Would um, you say it's like horror, or is it just no, disturbing? Uh, it's like disturbing. I wouldn't really describe unsettling. it as a horror movie. It unsettling, creepy. I would not describe it as a horror movie. I would describe it like as an art movie. Like mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's a moving painting, if that mm -hmm. makes any sense. Mm -hmm. um, but I always I think everybody should watch it. I think it's super awesome. Like I said, I really relate to it heavily, like to the themes and everything. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for you guys to watch it. So, um, I'm stoked. yeah, I've got the Criterion Blu-ray ready to go. I'm like. Hell yeah, I'm fucking ready. Good. I got the shirt. I'm like ready to go. Hell yeah. So, all right. I'll see you guys next week.